What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This Haberman Middlecoff segment is brought to you by ease.com at easewellness.com, promo code HAM, and mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, HAM and the numeral one, and by getroman.com slash HAM. Get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And by SeatGeek, download the app, promo code HAM for $10 off. Alex Smith had 17 surgeries. So kind of feel that. bad for the guy, don't you? God, that is that insane. Can you imagine 17 surgeries? That's there was. I guess he talked to like some medical thing and said that. You know when you hear a player is like 50 and he's like, you know, I had 20 surgeries over my career. You'd be like, damn man, guy went under the knife a lot. Hell yeah. Alex Smith guy at this time last year. I mean, this might have been legitimately the week he got hurt, give or take a week. Like he had 17 surgeries in the last 12 months. I think that's what's nuts. So clearly, someone fucked up pretty bad. And, you know, I think we assume doctors a little bit like chefs. Like every time your food's made, it's just going to be good. Not even just good, but like healthy, you're not going to get sick. Every time you go to surgery, I'm actually speaking for a guy that's never had a real surgery. But you just assume when you're going under, like it's going to be okay. And sometimes it's not. You know, and and I think sometimes when you have a legitimate injury and they do screw it up, and in fairness, I can't even imagine being a doctor, like how intense that would be, dude. You know, whether it's his heart and the life's on the line, or it's his knee and like walking's on the line. But we've seen Steve Kerr, Alex Smith. If they do screw up an initial surgery and it's a big time important surgery, it has massive ramifications, right? Like yeah, there's now, no undo, but there's no control. R or whatever. Now, as part of this, remember, his leg snapped, and there was bones. It was bad. But I think the counter would be, 
I remember when Paul George did that. I was watching the game. Yeah. My, my initial thought was like, it's it's over. It's done. And his doctor would be like, tell me that again, buddy. <laughs> Two Mac contracts since. Like, he hasn't skipped a beat. So, for every Alex Smith, it goes the other way when you think a guy's done. The guy comes back just fine. Now, maybe there are always, like, remember Alex had, like, tendons ripped. Like, it was really, really bad. It was it was one of the more uglier ones I've ever seen. I remember talking to Coach Reed last summer on the phone. He was he was pretty emotionally moved by it. I think the people that knew, like, the Naggies and the guys that were really close to uh, Alex the last couple years, I mean, like, were pretty – it messed them up. It would be like a family member. I mean, this guy was beloved. I mean, Joe Staley, like his best friend. I mean, everyone that knew him closely, like, doesn't just talk highly about the guy. Like, they swear by the human, you know? They have to go through this. Remember the scene? Was he at the practice field, and he had that apparatus on his leg? And you're like, Jesus Christ. I've seen a lot of injuries in pro sports. I've never seen that thing. Feels like it's one of the worst injuries in recent pro sports memory Mm. of a non-like... Non-life-threatening, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he even... Do you know what's pretty cool? I always... It's just kind of exciting to see him. It's like whenever you see Shazier on the sideline, like up just walking around, and he travels with the team. Like, that's... That got a lot better fast, you yeah. know? Not yeah. that it's going to be... He's never going to play again, more than likely, but it's like... It looked like he was never going to walk again. Now he's walking and moving and dancing, and, you know, he's just coming along. Like, Alex, maybe in, like, five years when you see him, like, you know, he's... Andy Reid's uh, quarterback coach, he might be okay. Uh, all right. Well, what about – oh, this was a big – you know, we're recording this Wednesday, Monday Night Football. Uh, the officiating debacle on Monday night was a big deal. Um, and I, I, my, I watched it thinking, you know me, like I'm not uh, – I'm not into, uh, you know, dragging officials through the streets um, – but or and or loving replay. Do you know any but officials I'm, personally, like a, like a Pac-12 official, or any, you get to know any of them? Um, I regularly communicate with one NBA official, and he like he legitimately works NBA games. A real NBA official, yeah. So okay, just you got a little biased. Listen, <laughs> po- listen to the podcast, or no, I don't. I don't. Uh... I don't think so. How, how long have you had this relationship? A couple of years. You meet him through the NBA? Yes. And you, I mean, it's cultivated a relationship and you guys buddies. I don't, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't know if he'd call me a buddy, but. Like if he was like this year, if he's doing a Warrior game and staying in the city, like would you guys get drinks or maybe bike? Uh, we might do the thing where you're like, hey man, do you want to try and work something out? And then nothing happens. Probably gotcha. one of those. Yeah. You consistently talk with the guy. Okay, I said, just trying to get a, but you got a little biased. Uh, you feel his side because I bet he's telling you a lot. Like the things they're saying to me because I'm adamant. Like, hey, buddy, no, I, if he I, says fuck you to your face, you got to walk away. Yeah, I. I uh, he doesn't really. I've never gotten the impression that he's like super offended by like the way he gets talked to. Not a big complainer, so I, you know, I don't know. But I, I, for me, it's more just like I've got this fun when the mob starts marching is when I get a little annoyed with like, okay. Well, then let's replace it. Because, you know, I don't know if anyone's noticed, the more humans we've added, we need a replay center. We need more experts. Like, it hasn't gotten better. 
It hasn't no. changed anything. We need to we need to review past interference. Like, okay, well, how's it going so far? But see, that that's where I differentiate from the herd guy. Everyone mm. thinks it's been a debacle. I think it's been exactly what they said. It's not gonna be bang bang play. So why is everyone right. bitching and moaning when they're not overturning <laughs> it? Right. I'm saying though, like they, I think that like the we're at this place to review PI because of the play in the Saints game. Well, it turns but, out it turns out all you know what all these games aren't. They're not the NFC Championship game. But they're also like most PIs, for the most part, are not egregious. And you know what happens with most egregious PIs? The, the flag gets thrown. So you don't even need to review it. Well, what I'd say is like, why do we, why do we even have to throw the flag then? If it's egregious, why don't we just let the guys in the booth determine what's egregious? You, and you then you know what people would say? Well, why didn't they challenge? Why didn't they review that one? You've convinced me probably over the last 12 months, I've become less caught up with it. My gambling has also kind of come back to earth. A lot of that is when you get screwed by, and, by a bet. And I'll but say I this. Do, you, you've convinced me a little bit that we do have to at least consider the gambling element here when we're going through all of this. There was, I thought Monday night, might be a little hyperbole, mainly just because my memory, I, I like every big moment that the ref is fucked up, I can't just go back and I've witnessed in the last 20 years. We've all witnessed a lot of them. That feels like a top five moment, non-replacement refs or anything, on a Monday night football game. We'll just keep it in that vacuum. <laughs> we've ever seen. We've ever seen. He called a hands of the face, yep. which, you know, hands of the face is a play that I think you'd probably see called like every other game in the NFL. It gets called. Whether it's, it happens on the line of the scrimmage for offensive and defensive linemen, and it often happens right cornerbacks or wide receivers sometimes in the line of scrimmage hand fighting. It's a hand fighting. It's like the judo element of uh, when people you see people at practice working the hands. It's what it is. They're taught to go toward the shoulder patch. Trey Flowers, who was taught by Bill Belichick, has never had that called on him guy in his career. Flawless resume. Flawless resume. And I, officials know, and we disagreed on this before the podcast, I think officials know when they're calling a game, they get a printout on what players have been called for what penalties. And part of that is, like, when you're doing a Vontae's perfect game, you know you just got to keep an eye on that stuff. No different in the NBA. Like, when you're doing a Draymond, you know the hotheads. I'm not talking about hotheads. I'm talking about players that, you know, consistently do things and get called for them. It's just the same with the NFL. I mean, on the teams. It happens on both sides. They come equipped coming in. This guy had never been called for. But it is somewhat of a bang-banger. So I get when the it gets called the first time. That was – had – guy, it was, thir- it was 22 to 13 – it was like a third and 15. They got off the field, and they would have had to kick, punt the ball back to the Lions with like seven minutes left. The game wouldn't have been, quote-unquote, officially over, but they would have been screwed. Two plays later, Rodgers throws a touchdown. It's 22-20. Lions get the ball back, go three and out or whatever, punt the ball back to the Packers. They get off the field again, and the same thing happens. The same fucking call by the same referee on the same player within a five-minute stretch, which legitimately led to the game. I mean, then it was just iced. The game was over. I, I, I thought that I, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on the one the first time. Shit happens, bang-banger, whatever. Even though for you, that angle as the back judge, it's not as much as bang-banger. You're used to the speed. You see it. Especially if you're a full-time back judge, you've been doing it for a while. It is a little more clear. The second time, though, guy, was... 
I, you know, I'm going to use words that are, you know, inexcusable, unacceptable, you name it. Just, I la- you, yeah, you, you're laughing because I always laugh at that. Like, unacceptable. Now, it, really? Right? The, the, the NFL hasn't ceased to exist. I'm not actually arguing with you right now, but I always laugh at unacceptable. Because if I was a Lions fan Because or, it's so clearly acceptable. <laughs> yeah, well, it is acceptable, yeah, but it's, it's not the, the Twitter. I understand. You, you, don't, you, you don't want to have to live with that. I get that. I, and I just thought that indivi- – I'm just talking about this instance in a vacuum was – was like wherever the egregious line was, I thought – like to me, egregious egregious is like the Saints game where it's like, guys, you got to be – this is a big fucking moment. You got to be on the ball. This, while it's early in October, this does have playoff ramifications. Think about the win for the Lions. It, it was just uh, – You know, it's funny. I thought the touchdown – that was called a touchdown when the receiver's knee was clearly down at like the pylon cam has actually been a great development. And the guy was clearly down like a few yards short. Like that's a reviewable play. It's a play that gets reviewed for them to miss. That was crazy to me because we have the technology. You guys are already reviewing it. You know, like what I would say about the official here. Uh, and I, I, I don't like, hopefully he gets down. I'm sure he gets downgraded and I don't know what that means for him, but um you don't know that the first call was wrong necessarily when you make the second call. Like when you make the second call, you think this guy just did this five minutes ago and I was doing it again. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I get, I get all the emotion of it all. I don't think it's insane. You, you think you saw what you think you saw. That's part of the flaw of humanity. So fine. We want to do an eye in the sky. One official, basically officials just throw flags, but it's not really a, an official penalty until it's confirmed by, the guy in the booth, I saw John Perry, who I didn't realize wasn't officiating this year, a.k.a. Drew Hill. Um, I guess he works for ESPN. I didn't realize he wasn't a referee in the NFL anymore. He, he, I mean, he's a really good ref. He was on a ton of big games. But you know what we got to do? We got to start paying them enough that they don't go work for well, I, like I networks. Saw either McAfee or Lofsky the other day on Get Up, he said one major problem. It was McAfee. He's like, I don't blame any of these guys. And I, I work for this company now, but he's like, he used that guy as an example. He's like, well, that guy, and Rex is sitting right next to him. He said his name, I, John Perry. John Perry, he's like, yeah. He's like, that guy is good. And Rex is like, yeah, he is. He is. And they're like, well, he left the league. And then he starts listing off the other guys. Uh, Gene Steratore. Yeah, he starts rattling off the names. Like, these guys are leading Ter- the sport. Who's the CB- Terry McCauley? Is he the CBS guy? Yeah, and, and you start going... Well, I'm making 300 grand being a referee, and everyone shits on me nonstop. I can make 350 grand working at ESPN, and no one says shit about me. Well, and my job's way easier. I travel way. Here's the other thing that happens when you become the guy on TV, and you just say one thing that's like a, 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 a hair critical of officials, like the sports media that analyzes the media is like, uh, wh- this guy's a rising star. It's like. Yeah, I mean, he's sitting in the booth. He's not on the field anymore. It's 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 easier. And even he said, like, I hated the eye in the sky thing. Well, yeah, he was on the field. Now he likes it. Well, yeah, he's in the booth. Um, so whatever. Like, I'm for whatever stops this insanity because I think part of the reason we're here is because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. We talk about it all the time, nonstop. And the more we talk about it, the more we talk about it. I don't think it's fixable. I, I don't have a solution. I'm with you. I, that's besides, pro- besides finding guy, I would start finding referees or something. Well, I think they get downgraded. They don't do games. They don't do playoff games. All that stuff. I, finding a, because again, my issue with finding guys is their biggest. I think a lot of them in these situations, your flaw is just that you're a human. That's like finding players for 
drop for drops. Like this is it's not well, breaking the. If, if we don't want to go to robots, you guys better prove you can do the job. Cause but but John, I'm telling you right now, we've got we've got lifetimes of evidence that says that humans have reached a peak of of officiating, especially now that we only have more technology, so we know every mistake. I think we have the golden age of officiating is over. It's like it's, it's been as good as it could get. Well, now, you're right. It, it, it never it never existed. That's the other thing. Of course not. Because I saw like, I saw someone. It's tweeting. as bad as it's ever been. Like okay, I, I saw some older guy tweeting at like McAfee or Orlovsky. It was Orlovsky went on some rant. I know, and, and I yeah, and it's like it's like bro, it's always been like this. You just were in the league, and before we only had one TV. If you think about like you said, Ted, uh, what's Ted's last name? Uh, the guy that calls. Oh, Ted Robinson. Game. Ted Robinson at the, the whole place booze because the one I've heard someone say, well, they should just review every penalty. Well, then the fucking people there would boo every penalty because it would take a lot of time and it would suck. I think everyone leaving the stadium in the history since like Babe Ruth and DiMaggio were sitting. I saw an iconic picture of Notre Dame played SC at like Yankee Stadium in like 1931 in the front. Two guys sitting in the front row were DiMaggio and Ruth. There were people complaining about officials when they left that stadium that day, just like in the fifties, the sixties, oh, well, the seventies, and every the, the the poem about Mighty Casey. They boo the they boo the umpire for the first two strikes that Casey at the bat takes. So it's just it, it's it's always been that way. We just hear and see about it more. I do think when they're just feel pretty like egregious errors that cost teams games. Like I can live with stuff like in the second and third quarter. But when it's at the end of the game and a two-point game and a playoff game, I, I do understand why people are incensed. Well, I, right. I'm just saying to the referee, he just, all he can do is throw a flag for what he sees or doesn't see. But he, or but she he, sees he, or doesn't see. Whether it's, I'm just saying you, you're, you, the fourth quarter, the second quarter, you're just you. So know, maybe, maybe there has to be a way when you throw that flag that costs the Lions the game that does not happen – like to me, I, I saw yesterday. Well, you're finding guys. Are they making mistakes because they're not? No, focused? no. Listen, the league came out and apologized, and the okay. Lions president was like, "We appreciate them acknowledging." It's like, why even say that? Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Appreciate them acknowledging? I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, I, like all coaches get mad when players go, "My bad." What the fuck is my bad? Like, don't well, do that well, again. No, no. The reason they do it is because we must have transparency. Did you see it was a mistake? Yeah, everybody, we saw it was a mistake. Thanks to every media member on my timeline for tweeting at NFL officiating. Been very productive. Like, okay, here's your two-minute report. All right, well, what about the last five minutes? The two-minute report reveals these guys miss a bunch of calls. Like, well, yeah. (laughs) Duh. I I think for the most part, all humans want is for a game just to be decided by the players or the coaches. And it does feel like lately... Probably more than definitely baseball and basketball in the biggest games, the NFL and just football officials. Now, we had some blowouts in college football, but because the NFL is such a high, and maybe it just speaks to like the parity in most big games, games are tight, right? They're just, I mean, they're going to be decided by a play here, a play there. That's, that is what like, I do think I would put the NBA right up there. Of bad calls? Just like how much of a conversation this is. But I would say for the most part, hasn't the NBA been pretty consistent with they've always had shitty officials? We've always thought that. Because like, it's way more subjective, it feels like, than the NFL. Yeah, there's only three of them, so you know everybody's name. And things are just so bang-bang, and sometimes they call it, and players scream and one, you can hear the players. It's a little different. I, I agree with you. We, we're hard on those officials, too. Very. And they deserve it. I mean, they've had, had a guy on the take guy. And the take thing, to me, 
is just kind of this I w- elephant in the room's hard, but it's like a mid-sized dog in the room of just we got to keep tabs on these guys, you know? Because if you're making 300 grand and someone comes to you and goes, "I'll give you 200 grand, just make this game if I'm calling the Redskins Niner game, some, you know, Johnny Vito comes to me and goes, "Listen, I'll give you 200 grand cash." So it's actually like 400 grand. Just keep this game within 10 points. And you could do a couple subtle things. Now, eventually, Don G got caught, but you could do that. And I'm just saying that all, these leagues, Yeah, but if, if I was Goodell or, or Silver, definitely Silver because he's seen it, it is something that they think about and definitely talk about, right? It's well, just they, something they, they gotta, should, yeah. You know, it's just... He, I'm not saying that happened on Monday night. It, it, 99% probably didn't. But it is just something that the bigger this gets, just the more money it gets... And I think it speaks to the reason a player is never going to throw it because even like an average starter in the NFL or the NBA makes like five, six million, <laughs> you know, they, they, uh, you'd have to offer them so much to even get them to think. It's why it's happened in college. Well, you need a guy that's nothing. in like significant debt. You need a guy that was, but it's just, it's going to be harder and harder with pro athletes to be in that position, right? Yeah. I, I, Where it is much easier to get to the ref that goes, even if you're making 300 grand, you got a couple kids, you can find yourself in debt fast. Just do a couple things that that month, someone offers you 500 fucking thousand dollars to, you know, you know, to George Kittle, that means nothing, but to middle cough, the referee, I, who knows, you know, I just, I, the part that bugs my wife's me threatening is, to leave me, my, my, I can't pay my mortgage. Look, the part that bugs me is just the players, the coaches, we want them to decide the game. You're right. But you think that'd be a good movie. If we wrote a script for just intertwine that, What's that like a, a Donagy? Yeah, but like with the NFL and you know guys, in, but then it's in would, the mob. It would it would it would it would air in China before it aired in the United States. The NFL would shut that one down. You think so? The 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 Chinese censors would allow it, but the NFL it, censors. It would be would. a Leo type character going to the hotel. He's super. He has a gambling problem. He's got this beautiful wife and a young family. He's overextended himself. What the was, wages the NFL pays him is a little low, right? Yeah. He's only making like one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, but he's living a five hundred thousand dollars lifestyle. Um, we say we want the players and the and the coaches to, but they make mistakes all the time and they get killed for it. But the refs are the ones that have to be perfect. But but the, but the coaches get fired for it. Players get cut yeah. for it. Like there okay. are ramific- there's no ramifications think, for the refs. I, I see, but I don't think that's true. And you're going to say, well, what are they? I don't know, but I don't think that's true. I think guys do cycle out of the league. You just don't. You just want somebody hung in front of the masses, which to me is like, you know, so lame. But I don't know. I to me the high, the big power media members tweeting at NFL officiating on Monday Night Football was the one that, that. (laughs) like, no, no, I I know you don't. Was just like okay, like. (laughs) That's stupid. I I want to bang my head against the wall. I'm in agreement there. That that's stupid. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't go that far. I, just, I know. No, no, no. You scream. Uh, and I mainly just scream. Like, I, I've even come to grips. Like, the the typical call does. The, Monday night bothered me. Monday fair, night. Fair. Monday night made me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's a classic media line. I'm uncomfortable with what's going on. Are you really? Uh, uh, all right. Rattle me off a couple more headlines here. I mean, I'd say Mariota got lunch. benched. Yep. Dude was drafted second overall. As he, I watched a little bit of, like, a 10 second clip from his locker day. He's like, yeah, I'm, you know, of course he said all, he sounds like Alex Smith, but he's like, I've, this, uh, I've never been in this position. You know, I don't, I'm going to do everything I'm asked to do, but this is, it is a little foreign to me. Like that might, just, 
Do you think he's the star- over under how many weeks till he's the starter again? Yeah, that's the thing. This isn't like there's no going back to it. It's Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but I do think it marks, to me, that move shows what they think about him in the building. When I was out there last year for Fry's bachelor party, talked to John Robinson, who I've known since Fresno State, who's their GM. He's kind of a Belichickian guy. So he's, even when we talk, we're not like BSing that away that I would like BS like Nagy or something. But, you know, I you tried to talk to him about Mariota. You know, he inherited him. But I think when he inherited him, they started winning. So it wasn't like you like him. But it's a production-based business because I saw like Paul Kularski. Just I follow some Titans guys. Mm-hmm. People are like, I'm not feeling bad for a guy. I haven't watched the Titans-Bronco game. I don't know if you've got around to that. Is He was struggling. It's in, to compl- it's, it's in my queue. <laughs> he was struggling to complete screens is what Kularski was saying. Like, listen, <sighs> like we can say this, he got a raw deal or whatever because they're offensive line. He couldn't complete screens. Like he's, I think, clearly in his own head. It's a like he's just fucked up right now. I, I think he's more than likely will start another game this season because Tannehill, what's his career? He goes down like every other game. I do think it's fair to say he will not be on the Titans next year. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Um, where would where would he go? I, I you know is he is he starting in the NFL next year? Would you say? I don't think he's starting week one. Unless somebody's hurt in the preseason, I would say though, like he couldn't start for like the Bengals or the or the he Dolphins. Could, but if you're the or, Bengals, is you have is Marcus Mariota starting over? Is that the reason Andy Dalton's not? Starting but I'm saying you cut Andy Dalton, you draft yeah. a guy, you need another guy. You know how it works. You just yeah. how often does like the guy sign? This is a classic move where like a team like the Bengals or the Dolphins, they've gotten rid of their quarterback. There actually aren't that many teams though when you kind of think around the league. They're like. Like the Cardinals, they don't need, you know, the Texas. You start going around the league. Most teams have quarterbacks. But you just, Marcus Mariota gets signed on like March 15th, and the GM's like, we, we believe in this guy. We can resurrect his career. And then draft night, like said team trades up from like 19 to 3 and drafts Justin Herbert. And the Mariota guy's always like, what the fuck? That happens every year. Well, man, we're the- paying you $8 million. You do know that's not what we pay starting quarterbacks, right? Yeah, just, just be quiet. It's happened to Case Keenum, I think, seven times in his eight-year career. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of a Niner topic. We could probably talk about it Friday, depending on what happens. But I did see, John, that um, Emmanuel Sanders, who I guess has had a knee issue, is going to play Thursday night, trade candidate. Uh, so just something to would watch. You, I, I would say, though, if the Broncos upset the Chiefs Thursday night, like we could stop talking about trade candidates for them because they'd be three and four. And Elway yeah. said multiple times, like, we're trying to win. Like, he ain't really a tank guy. No, he's not. That's fair. Amari Cooper's mm-hmm. missing practice with his thigh. Yeah, he, to me, he's got missing a couple weeks written all over him. They got a pretty big uh, game. I don't know if you heard. They play the, the Eagles on Sunday Night Football. You think a lot of people will watch that game around the country? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the underrated part about the Rams, they did trade Marcus Peters yesterday to the Ravens. The Ravens, who secondary is, like, depleted. Like, Marcus Peters is a flawed player, but he's, I mean, a starter in the NFL. Right. Because I text a couple people in the NFL, like, do you think he's going to get paid? And they're like, yeah, he's going to get paid. Look at the corners every year that hit the open market. Like, really? someone's paying this guy. Because huh. I was like, I I would not touch him. But so if that, you're an NFL GM, you can give him an equivalent of like a short-term deal. You of, just need to upgrade your position. Yeah, and you got all this money. Why wouldn't you just give him $8, 9000000 million for basically a couple years? He does make plays. Like, the Ravens, they're 4-2. Like, how are they not going to be 10-6 and six when the dust settles and just be a playoff team? They, they'll be like the most boring – they're like a boring kind of fun playoff team because Lamar – I'm writing this article for The Athletic. Matt Breda, 
there are two people that average more yards per carry than Matt Breda, and not one of them's a running back. It's Lamar and Kyler. Hmm. Now, now, granted, Breda has way less carries than you know the Kamaras and McCaffreys and Fournettes and just all the running backs around the league because he splits carries. But isn't it kind of cr- like those two guys? Like they are legit running threats. Like Lamar Jackson is pretty fun, you know. Even Kyler, like those guys, I don't mind watching them run around. I don't. I wouldn't want it if I was like the GM or a fan of that team, but just a fan of football. I don't mind a little curveball watching them run around and just take off. Uh, Ter- Terrell Williams plantar fasciitis not getting better, says John Gruden. That ain't good. That's not good. That's bad. Oh, I somebody tweeted this at me the other day. I guess Papa said on CanBR that Tim Ryan confronted, approached, I don't really know, Booger McFarland about the pronunciation of Robert Sala's last name. Are you serious? That's what somebody tweeted at me the other day. Like Tim Ryan was mad about it? Yeah, I mean, I again, I think I got to go back through my if I can find this tweet. Tim I, Ryan and Robert Sala are, are golfing buddies and they live next to each other down there. <laughs> you don't, Booger. Okay. That's it. Well, here's the other thing, guy. I don't know if you checked. Booger wasn't a kicker in the NFL. I'm pretty sure he was a fucking defensive tackle from LSU that went like top 15. He's enormous. Like Tim Ryan's a big dude too. But again, I don't, did he go up to him and like push him against the wall, or just like, hey man? I well, feel like yeah. it was probably that, right? Like, hey yeah, man, hey man, yeah. My bad, bro. Hey man, well, how did they say it? Uh, Salah. What's that? How they? How were oh, they, they were saying? saying uh, they were saying Salah. Salah, yeah, yeah. Salah. Salah. I, I do think, wouldn't you say it's pretty like consistent? Halal guys. When when national broadcasters come into a team, when they screw up something, that team's fans take it personally. Yeah. You call, and, and now it's like, not like Salah's been on the the nation's radar for that long. But, I mean, you, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, just, I do think Mariota. it's an example of like, they just haven't played a lot of those games, and so... You just I think it's also, com- also combined with one of the more controversial Monday Night Crews we'll ever see. <laughs> if we yeah. look, wasn't there a crew with Dennis Miller when we were younger? Yes, and Tony Kornheiser. How would those crews have gone over on Twitter? Would they have gotten crushed and made fun of? Don't you think? Yeah, I, I well, it didn't go over well. Period, because I, I think that one was one and done. Was it Tony and Miller? No, those were two separate crews. Yeah, they, they tried to add like a Miller and Tony to add like some like, you know, kind of a, a at least Tony's a guy. sports writer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Tony, looking back, was like an absolute shooting star when he got to ESPN. If you think about it, and Tony didn't try. Like Tony, as I recall, like understood that he didn't know what like a. This was before people said things like three technique, but he didn't try to be that guy. Would you say it's yeah? Would you say it's Dennis was way worse looking back? I remember well, Dennis. But like being Dennis, pretty, what was Dennis supposed to do? Just be you hired me to be Dennis. I'll be Dennis. Well, yeah, but didn't Dennis he was say with Fouts? Didn't he say something borderline racist about Donovan McNabb? Or was that Tony? I think it was Dennis. That I don't remember. What there wasn't there a racist comment said about Donovan McNabb by someone on the broadcast? Type in Monday Night Football racism, Donovan McNabb. I I, I remember we were like in college or. I'm pretty sure it was Dennis Miller. Monday Night Football. Well, didn't did Rush Limbaugh say something? Well, maybe that was it. But, that was yeah, okay. Was Rush in the studio? 
Whoa, was Rush on ESPN for a minute, wasn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's, that's what, what I that's forgot what about that. That's what it was. Rush was on like the Monday night football pregame show or something I, for a minute. God, how long did that last? That's, that's what I'm saying. ESPN was throwing some shit at the wall back in the early 2000s. Well, but I think it's, it's just, I bet if we just looked at the history of broadcast teams, there's a lot of just like, let's try, let's try two play-by-play guys together. And no one, yeah. back in the day, it used to be a lot of that. Well, think about the NBA just said, oh, players only. Well, they would sounded do, great in theory. And it was like, oh. Well, like back in the day, they, they would just take, I think sometimes if two teams played each other on a national broadcast, they would just have the two play-by-play guys from that team would just call a game together. What sport? Like baseball. Like back in like the 50s. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know the exact timeline, but yeah, it probably about the 50s. You're saying because they only had access to the one channel. Yeah, they would just get – it would be a game of the week. They would just take the two guys from each team, and the, they are both play-by-play guys, and they would do the game. You could argue, and I just naturally talk a lot of shit about anything I see, Just, and it's probably not a – it's a character flaw because I should be think more positive immediately, but I always go negative. Uh, that no matter what you throw out, unless it's like perfect, which never happens, people are always going to be angry, right? Like it'll be your broadcast crews and – like what would – what can Monday Night Football do next year to get a ton of credit? Hire Peyton, right? But what if Peyton's just not good? It, it, you'd be hard-pressed to say, like, how's he going to be bad? He wouldn't be because everyone kind of likes him. Like, yeah. you, you just put Peyton and, you know, like if, if it was just test-torn Peyton, would anyone hate it? Or would they probably like it? And probably people like it. Yeah. I think part of it is Booger is just... Well, you fought, you know, you're a Witten, and then who got a lot of criticism, and then but it's just two years in a row of every Monday night. It's just nothing but shit talking on Twitter. It, it, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. But um, I think people wanted to like Booger and Jason, and then it's just like, God, these guys are terrible. It's not, it's not even like they're unlikable guys, where I think a lot of people be like, I don't really like Dennis Miller. I hate Rush Limbaugh. People went into these like, oh, Jason Witten, that's a high character guy from the Dallas Cowboys. It'd be fun. And then you watch like half a game. Like, what is going on here? That's what I think that's. This perplexing about this ESPN experience of the last year and five games is that people, I don't think anyone really came in negative. Like, you could ask Eagles fans, what do you think of Jason Witten? Well, he's tough to play with, but, you know, he's a good guy. And, you know, how what, am I supposed to hate Jason Witten? By three games in, people are like, get this guy away from me. <laughs> you know, it's just, people flip on you fast when you just throw him on top. And again, part of it also, you can get away with it. How often have we seen a lot of shitty Raider and Niner games the last five years? Of some pretty terrible crews. But if I'm watching a terrible game, like, I don't get that mad at Rondé Barber for knowing Nolan's name. Like, oh, it's just Rondé being Rondé. Because you just know what you're in bed with. Like, oh, it's just Rondé and Chris Myers. It's another thing, though, to sit down. Like, I sit down Sunday Night Football, I get Al Michaels. Or I flip on the game, I'm getting Herb Street. You know, the big ones. I get this game, it feels like, shouldn't these guys be doing, like, a Tulane versus Memphis? That's what it feels like. That, that's where I think throws a lot of people off. Because I think we're used to watching shitty crews. <laughs> you know, most NFL fans are not Patriot fans. They watch a lot of bad games on their team. Like, if you're a Browns fan, you've seen the worst crews, like, the majority of your life now. <laughs> you know? I just think you you hold that game to a little higher standard. Like, when when I'm watching the Final Four, I kind of expect to have Jim Nance like Rafferty. Like, I expect just a higher level. I don't expect them random. I Our also, expectations are just high. I also think you tend to like people that have been that you've seen a lot. That that you've watched a lot of big games with a broadcast. I think you just tend to you like. I think we go into a lot of. I think a lot of people. I do it sometimes too. You go into a broadcast like basically giving nobody any breaks until they prove otherwise. 
And so it's hard when you've got two guys like Jason had done no football. So he's learning yeah. how to broadcast on Monday Night Football. I have if Jason Witten had been doing five years of Mac football, maybe he would have. Been, I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have been good. I don't know. Well, look at but Troy I just Aikman's, know that's a really hard place. They made Troy Aikman do like the World League back in the day. So like he had reps before he even did NFL games. Herb Street, remember there's that there's that Well, Herb Street went sideline reporter to college game day in one year. Because he Craig did, James got got left. But he also started doing like AFL games like way yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz yeah. I remember when the Redskins played on Monday Night Football against Nagy and it was Jay Gruden and Matt Nagy played each other. Mm. The crew that night was a play-by-play guy, Golick in the booth and Herb Street down on the field. <laughs> But like back That's in cool. back in ESPN's day, those guys that were in at that time just got a lot of random reps with a lot of random shit that just doesn't kind of exist anymore. Now, like you get a college football job, right? You're just like even if you're doing a like Ryan Leaf just does Florida State Boise. Who know? Like he just oh, you he's just got get Boise some State games. BYU this week. It's a pretty good game, actually. Yeah. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.